Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many Sundays do we have before 2018? Huh? Two. Wow. The year has gone by. Where did we start? Uh, we Joel chapter 2. I want to speak to us from Joel chapter 2, verse 26 through to 27. Joel chapter 2, verse 26 through to 27. Good to see you all in the house today. Amen. I'm also seeing some faces I had not seen in a long time. It's good to see everyone. The Lord is good. Joel chapter 2, verse 26 to 27. If you're there, just read it from your Bible. Read it from whatever version you have. Read it in whatever language you have. Just, just read it loud. Amen. Are you ready? Switch the screen off. Let them read from their own Bibles. You brought your Bible, right? Remember I said when you come to church, you come with your Bible. You bring your Bible. If it's on your phone, it's good. Open that phone and read it from your Bible. But bring your Bible to church. Amen. You come to church with a Bible. You come to church with somewhere to write. If it's the notepad on your phone or tablet, whatever, use it. Amen. You come to church with your whole heart, spirit, and soul. You ready? Joel chapter 2, verse 26 to 27. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. And you shall eat in plenty. No, 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 no. Some of you are not reading. Some of you are not reading. Are you not there yet? You're there? So we read it loud. Amen. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. I'm going to read that last statement. And my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 26, the last phrase says, And my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 27, the last verse says, the last part, And my people shall never be ashamed. Hallelujah. That's what God wants you to know. That is, you wind up this year and look forward into the coming year. God says, whoever is called as my people, whoever is called as my people, they shall not be ashamed. If you are called as God's people, you will not be ashamed. If you are God's child, you will not be ashamed. 
if you are known by God as His, you will not be ashamed. And my people shall not be ashamed. That is the message that God wants you to go home with today as you wind up this year. Amen. Amen. Tell yourself, I'm winding up. And I will not be ashamed. I'm going to start over. And I'll not be ashamed. As this one ends and a new one starts, you will not be ashamed. Amen. You will not be ashamed. I want you to have that in your spirit. I will not be ashamed. Whatever the situation, circumstance, scenario, whatever they call it, you will not be ashamed. Amen. There will be no shame. If you're God's child, you're God's wonderful child made in his image, he says you will not be ashamed. Amen. Amen. So, so God has been speaking to, to Joel in Joel chapter 2. And, and he has been telling them about, about what was about to happen. And if we were to read on, eventually it comes to the pl place where God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And, and he talks about a spiritual restoration. But first there was a physical restoration that he was talking about here. Why? Because they'd gone through a period which was tough when the locusts and the palmer worms had eaten everything about them. And part of it was because God's people had forgotten that they are his people. They had forgotten that they have a relationship with the Father and had began to live in a way which was contrary to their relationship with God. Now I want to challenge you to make sure that your relationship with Jesus is right, is upright, that you remain in the place where God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my daughter. I am pleased with them. You need to remain in a place where God looks upon you and is happy with you. Hallelujah. And when God is pleased with you, you will not be ashamed. You see, it's only when we drift away from God that sometimes then things begin to happen to us and they bring shame. But you will not be ashamed because you will be amongst those that will remain faithful to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be faithful to God. You can stay with God. In the up, in the down, you can stay with God. On the top of the mountain, down in the valley, you can stay with God. And God can say, look at my son in whom I'm well pleased. You see, Job, God was pleased with Job when he had plenty. And when Job lost everything, God was still pleased with Job. Even when his wife said, why don't you just curse this God of yours and die because you had children, now you have none. Curse him and die. Job says, with, I came with nothing and I'll go out with nothing, but my God remains my God. He stays God's child and God remains pleased with him. And in the end, what looked like shame was turned around and was not shame. 
And so God has been speaking to us since the beginning of this year around Joel chapter 2. And, and, and particularly, like I read verse 6 again, it says, And you shall eat and plant and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Why? Because he deals wondrously with you. He works in mysterious ways. He works in ways that you have not known, ways that you have not thought about. He knows how to put things together to make them work for you. Hallelujah. He works wondrously. All things work together for good for those that love God. Romans chapter 8. He, know, he, he knows how to put one and two together to make them one. He knows how to put the pieces of your life together. And so we need to stay with God. Amen. We need to stay with God. And when we stay with God, he says, we will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. We will not be ashamed. We will not be ashamed. Shame or to be ashamed means to feel dishonored or to feel ridiculed or to be disgraced. None of those things will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Shame talks about distress. You know, distress that leads to depression. And God is saying, if you can stick with me, you will not be distressed to depression. Because depression begins to put you in a place where you are fearful over things that you should not fear. To be ashamed talks about being embarrassed by guilt and foolishness and all kinds of other things that weigh heavily on your mind because of a feeling of dishonor. But you will not be embarrassed. Oh, I'm prophesying into somebody's life. You will not be embarrassed. This situation you are going through will not leave you in embarrassment. You will not be ashamed. It talks about, about an unwillingness to step out into the things of God. Why? Because you feel restrained because of disapproval. And I need to speak to somebody about this. Yes, things may have happened in the past that have made you feel that you are disapproved of men. And because of that feeling of disapproval, you have not gone into the things that you're supposed to do. But the word of the Lord says, behold, you will not be ashamed if only you can step out with me. You will not be ashamed. The moment you start to realize that you are God's child, that God is with you, that things that are causing you to be fearful and not causing you to step out into the promises and into the instructions of God. When you begin to realize that you are God's child, those fears will break away. And God will make sure that you'll not be ashamed. You'll not be ashamed. The things of the past that happened that restrain you, I break them in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus so that you will not be ashamed. You will not be ashamed. And, and shame, shame has a tendency of making us hide into corners or into cocoons. You know what a cocoon is? It makes us hide into, into places where we feel that let nobody see me. You know, when you, when you have shame or a feeling of shame, you think everybody is talking about you, even when they are not. When you have guilt over your mind, over your heart, you know, it's a feeling. 
It's a feeling. It's upon the soul. It's not on the spirit. It's upon the soul. But that, that, that feeling can sometimes be so heavy that you feel like apologizing to people you should not be apologizing to. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? People don't even know your issue, but you want to say sorry. Somebody passes by you, brushes you. You are the one who's, oh, sorry. <laughs> they should be saying sorry to you, but you're the one who's saying sorry. Why? Because there's a guilt sometimes that's in you that says I'm the one who has done something wrong. But God is saying you'll not be ashamed. You'll not be ashamed if you can know and understand that you are my people. For he says, and my people shall never be ashamed. People shall never be ashamed. You are his people, you are his children. You are his people, you are his children. God will not allow shame to be on you. Because if shame comes on you, it also comes on to the Lord. Remember Moses, let me tell you this. Moses, when he was leading the children of Israel, out. The children of Israel at one point sinned against God. And God was saying, I'm going to destroy these people. You know what Moses said? He said, God, if we are embarrassed by the destruction you are talking about bringing upon us, it will not be us only that will be embarrassed. It will also be your name. And you know what? God changed his mind. And I was thinking, God, what kind of God are you that you change him? Why? Because his name is upon you. And he does not want his name to be ridiculed because of you or by you or in you. Therefore, he is going to rise to stand with you, to protect you, to support you, to help you so that his name may be glorified. Hallelujah. He is going to do everything. This is why he says the battle is not yours. But it is mine. Why? Because he does not want you to lose the battle. Because the chances are you will lose. And it is his name that people will laugh at. Can you imagine? After all your preaching, holy, holy, spirit, spirit, and then you fail the exam and you become nothing. What do people say? You were spending so much time in church. Look at what has happened to you. They forget about just you and begin, ah, this God of yours. Do you know some people, some people do not want to come to church because they say, well, my mother died and I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Then my mother still died. Why? This God has embarrassed me. Do you know they've got that anger inside of them? But you see, when you realize who God is and you realize where you need to stand with God, you will realize that still the battle was never yours. But the fact that we made the battle ours, when mama died, it felt like we have lost and this God is not able. Ah, I just touched somebody's spirit right there. You see, you, you need to come to the Lord and understand who God is. Stand with God and let God stand with you. Let him fight the battle because the battle is not about you. And when God fights the battle, the things that seem to put shame on you, he will take them away because you will never be ashamed. 
He will deal with those issues that seem to put shame on you so that you will not stand ashamed, but you will stand in confidence and say, well, though they died, though he slight me, I will stand with him. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know that my God is still there. Though they are living or they are dead, I know my God is still there because he has sustained me. He says, my people will not be ashamed. Shame. Shame has a tendency to put us into places where where we, we don't see tomorrow. We fail to see the picture of tomorrow. But today God is saying tomorrow is brighter because I'm there with you. And you will never be ashamed. You see, he was talking to these people in a situation of famine. He was talking to the Israelites in a time where their crops had been devastated. But he was saying, you know what? Soon you will eat in plenty. Soon you will be satisfied. And when I bring plenty and satisfaction upon your life, you will never be ashamed. Why? Because even the things that had power to put shame on you, when I turn your story around, you will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. See, there's somebody in the house. Your story has been so bad that every time you look at it, you say, "Ha! how can it be? But I'm here to tell you that when God will turn things around for you, when God will begin to put things into into motion and you will move away from the lack to the plenty, you will not be ashamed. That which was supposed to have been a shame shall become a testimony. Hallelujah. That which had be supposed to have taken you out is the thing that you're going to say, it made me stronger. You will not be ashamed because he is your God. You see, when God was speaking to these people, I told you they were in a time of famine. And he was saying, you know what, there's going to be food. You will have food to eat. That's what he was saying there. Literally, you will have food to eat. Because the crops that had been devastated by the locusts and the palmer women and and all those caterpillars, I'm going to make sure that your fields are going to harvest again. And you will reap out of your fields. And you will have plenty of food. You will have lots to eat. And I believe the Lord is speaking to somebody saying, there's going to be provision and supply. There's going to be provision and supply for you. As you have gone through this year, it's, it's been a year for somebody. It's been a year where you've put in a lot of effort, a lot of things. It's like you've been Plowing and plowing and plowing, preparing and preparing and preparing, turning the soil over and over and putting seed and putting seed and putting seed. And now you're at the end of the year and you're saying, but God, you are speaking the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Where is my flourishing? God is saying there is going to be a provision and there's going to be a supply. You will eat in plenty. Your plenty is coming. Hallelujah. Your plenty is coming. The things you have done in 2017 are not for nothing. Your plenty is coming. Oh, I don't know who you are, but I, I, I say amen to that. Amen. Your plenty is coming. And, and, and he, was, he, was, he was just sharing with me, you know, the people had been in a place where they had been disappointed. But now when God was saying you will not be ashamed, he was saying you will not be disappointed anymore. The fruit of your labor shall give a result. Amen. 
that the, the hard work shall give a result. You will not be disappointed anymore. The things that have disappointed you in the past, you will not be disappointed again. You see, it was like at the Red Sea. When they saw Pharaoh coming, these people had been through 10 different situations with Pharaoh, where Pharaoh had said, you can go, and then changed his mind. You can go, and then changed his mind. You know, those things disappoint. You can have it. No, you can't have it. You can have it. No, you can't have it. You try to get married. On the day of the marriage, brother runs away. You try again another one. On the day when he's supposed to come and, 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 and introduce himself, he doesn't come. He tells you tire was breaking down and, and, you know, the fuel was also breaking down. All kinds of stories about why he couldn't come. And then suddenly, he's just no more. They've said, this job is for you. On the day that you want to come and sign, they say, no, we changed our mind. We realized that you need to get this and this and this, so we've decided to give it to you. Oh, we didn't know that you cannot speak such good Dutch. Now we, we have to give it to somebody. And, you know, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. But, you know, it was like that for the children of Israel when they had been saying to Pharaoh, I can imagine Moses, he's gone the first time Pharaoh threw him out. He's gone the second time, gone the third time. And you know, one thing after the other until God had to go all the way up to kill Pharaoh's son until Pharaoh realized that God wasn't playing games. And then they go out. And while they are going out, Pharaoh pursues after them. And they are there at the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 13. And, and while they are there at the Red Sea, they are crying. You know, part of their cry was the disappointment to say, Moses, we could have just died eating garlic and onions in Egypt. Why did you bring us here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? That they would Why did you bring us to be killed here in the wilderness like this? Why do they have to walk so many days to just come and be slaughtered? Or be taken. And there was a disappointment. I, I know I'm speaking to somebody who's disappointed by several tries. But God says, My people, my people shall never be ashamed. God is coming to deal the issues that have been causing disappointment over your life. He's coming to deal them a blow so that you will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. God is coming to deal with those things that have caused you to be down so that when he breaks through them, you will not be disappointed. And I can tell you, all you need is God to just make that one move. Just like he was saying to the children of Israel, I'm coming. And when he came, they ate in plenty. I can tell you, if you read the rest of the story, you can, you, you'll know that they ate in plenty. And, and God was providing abundantly, exceedingly abundantly. In the name of Jesus, something is about to happen for your life. And, and you are going to move away from the place of your disappointment to the place where you will be rejoicing. Hallelujah. Because God says you will not be ashamed. You will not be ashamed. And, and, and you will now never be disappointed. So you see, when, the, when, when God then spoke to Moses, he says to Moses, Moses, stretch your rod and tell the people to keep on moving forward because the Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. 
the disappointments you have had so far, you will not be disappointed again over those issues. In the name of Jesus, what must you do? Move forward. Tell your neighbor, move forward. Move forward with God. Because it says, my people will not be ashamed. God will not bring you this far to leave you ashamed. God is not going to have taken you through this deep to leave you ashamed. He's not going to leave you drowning. Why? Because it's his name that's at stake. It says, my people shall never be ashamed. You will not be ashamed by your faith and your hope in Christ. Why? Because the expectation of good things promised will come to you. God is a covenant-keeping God. He is a covenant-keeping God. It may have taken 400 years for them to get out, but they got out of Egypt. And they went to the place of God's promise. Amen. May have taken them 40 years just wandering and going round and round, but they did get to Canaan. Amen. Why? Because God keeps his word. It may have taken a long time before Jesus came and died on the cross, but he came and died on the cross. And now we have salvation through him. And now we can have peace with God through him. See, the Bible says they had, the prophets waited and desired to see it, and the prophets of old did not see it. But we have a witness of what has, is happening now. We have a witness because our souls are saved. Why? Because he came. Jesus is faithful to his word. Amen. Amen. He is faithful to his word. Tell your neighbor, he's faithful to his word. So you shall not be ashamed. Shall not be ashamed. What he said he will do, he will do it. Hallelujah. Just some three, three things that I want you to take note of. His promises are, two, are true. His promises are are true. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. The promises of God are true. He says for all the promises of God in him in Jesus. The promises of God in Jesus they are yes and amen. And because his promises are true you will not be ashamed. And they are yes and amen what for? To the glory of God by us. So his promises for you he is going to make sure that he watches over his word to perform it, to make sure that he remains true to his promise. He remains true to his word. And not only is he only remaining true to his word, he is also remaining true because he wants his glory to be seen. God wants his glory to be seen by in you and by you. So his promises are true. They are yes and amen. Hallelujah. What that means is that when God promises you something, you say yes, amen. <laughs> because his promises are yes and amen. Amen means let it be so. It means I agree. And the word is saying he, his promises are yes, I agree. You agree to his promises. And so what he has promised you, I know you have a promise. If you don't have one, pray and he'll give you. If you don't know, read the word and you'll find them. Amen. Read the word. It's full of his promises. And those promises are yes and amen. 
They are yes and amen. His word is forever. His word is forever. He says in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus speaking says, you know, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. The things that I've made shall go. They'll pass away. But you know what? Something that's going to remain is my word. That's what Jesus was saying. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word will always be there. It's not going to pass away. His word is not going to pass away. This is why it's important for you to know God's word. For you to read your Bible. To go into the Bible. Understand what the Bible is saying. It is for you. It's not for me to preach from. It's for you to know the promises of God. Amen. Don't read the Bible to share with somebody else. Read the Bible for yourself to know the promises of God. What does God say about my life? What does God say about himself? What is God saying to me and my situation? What does God say about my circumstance? Read your Bible every day. Amen. Because his promises are in there and his promises are forever. His promises are forever. Psalm 119. In verse 89, he says, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. His word is settled where? In heaven. And not only is his word settled, it, it stands firm in heaven. His word is settled for you. His word is, is established. In verse 90 says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. His word is settled and it is settled for generations. You are the generation that the word is settled for. You are the generation that God has spoken about and has declared his word for. And that word is full of blessings and full of his goodness and is full of direction and full of inspiration. It is full of life. That word is full of life. Full of life to give you life in a world that is dying. Full of life to give you life where everybody else is losing hope. It's full of life to give you life where everybody else feels like giving up. When the world is so negative and the world thrives on the negativity that's around us, His word gives life. And His word is forever settled so you can put your faith in the word you can declare the word you can speak the word you activate god's word by speaking it but in order to speak you must know what to speak amen there's only one way to know it and it's by going into it forever O lord thy word is settled he does not forget see god does not forget he does not forget. He says, I've written your name in the palm of my hand so that you can always be before me. It's always there. Your name is always there in the palm of God's hand. And you're always before him. He constantly sees you. He does not forget. He does not. So, you know, sometimes it feels like God is far away. You know, like when, when you're expecting pastor to call and pastor doesn't call. One day, 
two days, three days. I've sent pastor text, seven text messages and he's not replied any of them. I've beeped him, left him voicemails. And, you know, and then when you meet me, I say, oh, I'm sorry I forgot. God is not like that. He does not forget. Amen. He does not forget. He does not forget. He says, my word is forever settled. I watch over my word to perform it. He does not forget. And so he says, you know, he will never forget us. He remembers us. Psalm 105 verse 8. Psalm 105 verse 8. He says he remembers his covenant forever. How long does he remember his covenant? Forever. He remembers his promise. A covenant is a promise. He remembers his promise forever. Forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. So you see, he is this generation, my generation, has a word. And I'm living off the word of the generation that has gone by. And so you count from me a thousand generations, God is faithful. And the word that I am holding on, I hand it over to Anotida's generation. You count a thousand years from Anotida, he's still faithful. And you give it to Hillel and his generation. And you count a thousand years, he's still faithful. And you give it to Tessa a thousand years and he's still faithful. And then you give it to Anotida's son. And from that son, whenever that son comes and his daughter comes, you count a thousand and he's still faithful. And he says, I remember my covenant to a thousand generations. In other words, he's from everlasting to everlasting. He remains faithful. He is true, a God who does not forget. He remembers. Psalm, 100, Psalm 9, Psalm 9, Psalm 9 verse 18. Psalm 9 verse 18 talks about how, how the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. You see, God even says that, you know, when you are needy, why does he say the needy will not always be forgotten? Why? Because the needy feels like he's been forgotten. He feels like he's been forgotten. When you are in need of something and you are desperately wanting it and it just doesn't seem to come, it feels like you are forgotten. But God says, no, 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 no. You will not be forgotten. It may feel like it, but you will not be forgotten. The poor has an expectation of getting something. And so he says, the poor's expectation shall not be, shall not be forgotten. It shall not perish. His expectation shall be answered. Jesus telling them a parable talks about, no, no, a, a, a story. He tells them about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man dies, the poor man dies. Both of them are now there and one of them is sitting there and, 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 and enjoying the new place that he's, he's in. And the other one, the rich man, the rich man is now in a place where he's burning and he's asking, please send some water for me to drink. Just even a drop will help. And, and, and then he realizes Lazarus enjoying himself in the comforts of heaven. 
You see, that's a story that tells you that you may not have had the comfort down here, but you will not be forgotten because your comfort may be up there. Hallelujah. But the thing that I want you to understand is that whether it's up there or down here, you will not be forgotten. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. They will not be cut short. God remembers. God remembers. He will remember you. Amen. Amen. He remembers you. Tell your neighbor, he remembers me. He remembers you. He, he will remember you. And number the last thing that I want you to know is that he is faithful. God is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, he says, He who calls you is faithful. Who also will do it? He who calls you is what? Is faithful. And he will also do it. He will do what he says he will do. Hallelujah. There were things which I had been praying for ever since I came to the Netherlands. And it's only this year that I started seeing them start to happen. And I was sharing with my wife the other day the testimony. And I said, you know, it feels like I've been restored to a place which I had left in 2003. 2003, I was at a certain place. I'd had to wait until 2017 to come back to that place. Why? Because he's faithful. And God had said to me at that time, you're leaving this place, yes, but I will bring you back to that place. I'll bring you back to a state where you feel like this again. And he's been faithful. How long has it taken? 14 years. But he's been faithful. So God is faithful. And, 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 and says also 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. And, and, I, and I, 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 I just picked it as it is. Say, but the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. Can you put that on? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. There was a scenario that was going on before this verse where it, it was a situation that Paul was describing where people could be discouraged and challenged about the things around them. And then he says, you know what? But, everybody say but. but. The, Lord the Lord is faithful. So yes, there may be no fruit on the vine. There may be nothing in the bank. There may be no food in the cupboard. There may be no nice clothes to dress going to church. There may be a failure of the exam. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. The supervisor may be difficult. The manager may be unfriendly. But the Lord is faithful. The husband may not be so caring anymore, but the Lord is faithful. The money for the dream wedding may not be gathering up, but the Lord is faithful. The baby may be crying all through the night, but the Lord is faithful. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Rise up to on your feet with me. 
You see, they may not like you as you expected them to like you, but the Lord is faithful. They may not be on your side, but the Lord is faithful. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? And it says, who will establish you? Why will he establish you? Because he is faithful. It may be taking a long time to get out of debt, but the Lord is faithful. You see, the sickness may be taking you and costing you a lot, but I want you to know the Lord is faithful. He says, and he will guard you from the evil one. Yes, the devil may try. The arrows may fly. Sometimes you can't stop the arrows flying over your head. But one thing I know, the Lord is going to guide, guard me from the evil one. Why will he guard me from the evil one? Because he is faithful. Hallelujah. He will establish you. He will establish me. Establishing me means I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. The Lord is faithful. I want you to raise your heart and raise your voice and just begin to pray and say, Lord, thank you that you are faithful. Lord, whatever evil, whatever thing that is coming against me, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And Lord, you will not allow me to be ashamed. You will not allow me to be ashamed. I want you to activate your faith by speaking those words. I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed because you are faithful. I will not be ashamed because you are faithful. Church, I want to hear you pray. I want to hear you pray. I want to hear you declare it. I want to hear you declare it. If all you're going to say is, I will not be ashamed, I want you to say it loud and clear. Loud and clear. I will not be ashamed because you are faithful, Lord. Because you are faithful. I will not be ashamed, Lord, because you established me. Oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you say that the people who are called by your name, when they call upon you, Jehovah, you will hear them from heaven and you will answer them oh God you will heal their land Jehovah you will turn around oh God the things that are not right and so father this morning my God we stand upon your word that says God you are faithful that says Lord you are faithful in the circumstances and the situations of our lives I thank you that you are faithful Lord in the trials and the temptations I thank you that that you are faithful in the difficulties I thank you that you are faithful oh God when things are not going so well I thank you Jesus that you are faithful you do not forget you are true to your promises your word is settled forever oh Lord thy word concerning my life it is settled oh Lord and I thank you Jesus today thank you my Lord and my God I declare that I will not be ashamed in the remaining weeks of this year. I will not be ashamed in the years ahead. I will not be ashamed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Speak into your life, speak into your marriage, speak into your children, speak into your hope. In the Ketayabashanda, hope shall not disappoint because God, oh 
Almighty takes care of all things. You will not be ashamed. He is a faithful God. Oh, speak into your study, speak into your job, speak into your neighborhood and the things going on there. Speak into your family and the challenges in your family. Oh God, my Father, Mande Ketala Bosheta Rabatsaya, Makura Bonda Batsieta. I will not be ashamed. We will not be ashamed with God on our side. Who can be against us? With God by my side, who can be against me? I will not be ashamed. My children shall not bring shame on my life. They shall not be ashamed as well. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, my Lord, the state of the nation shall not bring me shame. I refuse. My God, you are faithful. You are faithful and you who calls it, say that you will do it. My Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Take hold, take hold of the things that you need by faith in the word of God. By faith in the word of God that says you shall eat in plenty. You will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. God will take care of your needs and the things you need, the things you require. My Lord, my God. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your provision. I will not be ashamed. Fear will not cause me to be ashamed. Fear will not cause me to be ashamed. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thy staff and thy crook, they are with me. Lord, you prepare a table in the face of my enemies and my cup runneth over. I will not be ashamed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will not be ashamed. You lead me to pastures green. Lord, to a place of plenty, to a place of still waters. I will not be ashamed though the arrows fly by night. Oh God, though the enemy may come in many ways, they will flee from me, oh God, in multiple ways. Because God, you are my God, the fighter of my battle. I will not be ashamed. 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 Though the situation may be overwhelming, I thank you, Lord, that you are God, my rock, my strong tower. Oh, God, a refuge, a hiding place. To you, oh, God, I run, and I know I will not be ashamed. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not forget. You are not slow in fulfilling and accomplishing your promises. You are not slow, oh God, in fulfilling your promises. My Lord, I thank you that Jehovah, you keep covenant to a thousand generations. I thank you, Lord, that you keep your promises to a thousand generations. Lord, I stand on that word and upon your promise, oh Lord, because you have said that you watch over your word to perform it, to accomplish it. Your word in my life, accomplish it, oh God. Your word in my life, you will accomplish it, oh Lord. And I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed because you are faithful. 
You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. You are faithful, Jesus. You are faithful, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, because you are faithful indeed. With you, there is no shadow of turning, no shadow of doubt. You are faithful. And I will not be ashamed because you are faithful. In Jesus' name, we pray. I just want you to, to declare after me, I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. I will not be put to shame. Because God is faithful. He is true to His promise. His word for me is settled. He is faithful. And He will do it. In Jesus' name. Let somebody shout a shout of victory.